Have you ever considered that your chronic illness could be your superpower in life and business? That it could help you learn to trust yourself and your inner voice? This is what I'm chatting to today's guest, Alana Holloway, all about in today's episode. You're listening to Quietly Ambitious with conversations about how it really feels to build a business that honors your whole self unapologetically. And that includes who you are, how you feel, what you really desire, the impact that you want to create, and importantly, the money you want to make. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and my superpower is supporting sensitive and ambitious humans to make more money by fully expressing and owning all of who they are. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Quietly Ambitious podcast. So today I am chatting with Alana Holloway, a chronic illness coach and podcaster about her chronic illness informed approach to living, working and creating and selling our offers. Alana supports people as they rebuild the parts of themselves lost to the chronic illness struggle, which is a term that she uses to describe the status quo of living with chronic illness. And she shows them how they don't need to be free of chronic illness to live a happy, joyful, fulfilling life in which they're able to flourish to the fullness of their imagination. I love it. Much of Alana's philosophy is centered around integrating and embracing chronic illness as a guide, an ally, and a superpower that will help you to live the life you desire in a really supported way, all of which we talk about in this episode. So enjoy. Okay, so can we start by going over what do you exactly mean by chronic illness informed? So I've been thinking about this actually because I've been writing some web copy and it's, I think it's actually a question. So chronic mm. illness informed is a question you can ask yourself like all the time. It's like a check checkpoint. And it basically means that I suppose it started from the common narrative around chronic illness is very much about managing and controlling and like, fitting it into a box that doesn't disturb your life but actually that's like completely anti I suppose or I'm completely anti that and it's about tuning into your when you kind of embrace your chronic illness as a part of just who you are and your body it's about tuning into to the symptoms so symptoms being a messenger tuning into your body seeing how you feel and asking yourself okay how can I approach or give or receive in a more chronic illness informed way so um as an example I um know for example it, it coming to this interview to this um conversation I I know that I'm going to get a bit like nervous and and maybe have a bit of anxiety so kind of I would sit I did sit for you know a couple of minutes beforehand and really just took some deep breaths and like just centered myself and grounded myself because I know also that I get really excited in conversations. So my adrenaline will be quite high. And what that can do afterwards is that I'll get a come down and I'll get like quite exhausted. And, and this, the level of that come down will fluctuate, I suppose, depending on how active my chronic illness is at any point in time. Um, and now it's not very active. So the come down might not be as high, but if, or, you know, as, as heavy, but if my chronic illness is quite active, I'd probably feel really exhausted after this in, you know, in, in the best way. Um, but that also might result in 
Um, so I've got a skin condition and that might result in me getting a bit itchy and scratchy and, you know, so preparing for that, like cushioning this experience. So preparing for it with breath, breath work, and then following it with a rest period. That's, that's kind of a being able to approach something in a chronic illness informed way. And yeah, so it's an approach, a give and receive, and it's a question you ask yourself. I love that. I love the idea of it being a question rather than like, Mm. you know, a set of rules, because I guess there is no set of rules when everyone's unique, individual, everyone has their own needs. And and like you said, even seasons of what you need as well. Totally. That's it. So with this kind of question, with this process, with this way of looking at stuff, listening to yourself, how does that show up in your business so things like the offers that you put out there or the way you communicate with people or the way that you sell how do you use this and how does it work both for you and for your audience so it weaves through everything that I do and actually it didn't weave through everything that I do up until semi-recently and I kind of realized that I was doing I was selling in a really what I believe to be non- chronic illness informed way I was following a pattern really mm-hmm. and so my offers are I suppose they embody chronic illness informed they um help people understand how to live in a chronic illness informed way so they will guide um my my customers my clients through how to understand their body and how to tune into their body and how to live their life in a chronic Ill- illness informed way um as well that's kind of like the backbone I suppose that's that's where we start um in a lot of ways and then in the way that I perhaps create content um it's understanding that a lot of text might not be the best way to communicate something um because of energy levels it's understanding that um people might want to listen to something you know it, it also very much um, depends on where my people are at when I'm approaching, I suppose, them and when we're connecting. Um, and that might change from program to program or from offer to offer. Um, but, you know, it's understanding that they might be spending a lot of time in bed or on a sofa. So they might just want to close their eyes and listen to something rather than have, having to read something. Um, in my sales content and in my sales delivery, um, that's changed. That's the thing to have changed more recently um, in that I now understand that, again, from an energy perspective and from a nervous system perspective, I don't want to be um, emailing my people all the time or contacting them all the time. And I don't want it to be a really short period of sales where they have to make a decision really quickly. I want something to be open to them so that they can come to whatever I'm offering at the time in at a point that suits them when they are ready but I also want it to be a decision that they can make without their nervous system being triggered without their kind of you know without them finding themselves going into that sympathetic branch of their nervous system and feeling you know feeling all the kind of adrenaline and anxiety around that because ultimately that kind of energy isn't going to do them any good so it's really like how do I weave this question and this approach throughout my throughout every part of my business Mm, yeah 
and you, and you started by saying it literally is part of your offers and you support people on and how to live this way and then it became like you use this as a way to ask yourself how do I actually embody that in the way I deliver sell communicate the offers right and and to add to that actually I'm just thinking you know it also changes has changed the way I run my business because I need to be running my business in a chronic illness informed way for myself and so yeah it's it's kind of like from every angle this question comes in yeah and you know what I uh, chronic illness or not I actually think that asking ourselves how we can embody the work that we do is like such a helpful question yeah I feel like there's an even deeper layer and deeper reason for it in the way in the way that you're doing it but I think this is a helpful question for absolutely everyone like how can I embody what I am teaching how can I practice what I preach in absolutely. all areas yeah absolutely yeah and one thing I also wanted to bring up was this idea that well firstly you said some of these changes you've made have been more recent and or that you've been operating out of like patterns and stuff and I think that um it's really important to say that like I mean you said it right at the beginning when you said chronic illness informed is not a, a rule book it's like a question and I love that I, I guess I just wanted to flag up that it's okay to both like try to radically embrace and radically embody something and change the way things are done and to say I'm figuring it out as I go because I think it's pretty I think it's brave but I also think it's actually really needed and really important um yeah figuring it out as you go there's no one perfect way to do things and you can only sometimes figure out some of the stuff by doing it in a way that actually didn't work for you or that actually you realize well that is pretty activating of my nervous system and exhausting and and I don't want to do it like that but I'm glad I tried so I got that information absolutely and I think um that feeds into perhaps you know to a person living with chronic illness have under again the kind of single story of how you should should quote unquote live with chronic illness there's so much like um I want to say the word trepidation I think that's the right word but you know people are so apprehensive of trying things because they get into a pattern of really like beating themselves up when something doesn't work. And mm. if they try something and it, you know, that it causes a flare or activates symptoms, the blame comes back to them. And that is, it induces so much stress and it, it just compounds everything that's going on for you and your symptoms, you know, will likely become worse as a result and just making sure, you know, it is an experiment and I learn things all the time, you know, a person, I learn things all the time and being adaptable to, to your season, to your kind of chronic illness cycle, you know, I'm, as I say, I'm in what I would call like the summer of my chronic illness at the moment. So afterwards I might not, I I won't have to have a rest. I know that. So I can go on and do something else. Um, or I won't have to like dance out my adrenaline. Sometimes I have to do that because I don't want it stuck in my body. Um, and so, okay, I, you know, I know that for now, but now I'm historically in kind of seasonal winter. I also enter a bit of a winter in my chronic illness. And so I'm aware that what, what I call chronic, chronic illness informed now will change as, mm. as that changes and that's okay. And it won't be the same as last year. It might be better. It might be worse. I don't know, but whatever happens, I'm never going to blame myself for anything that 
or or feel horrible or you know send hate towards myself because of something you know if something hasn't worked out or something has or I've not been on the ball enough or what you know again quote unquote that kind of I've not caught it in time or whatever it's okay yeah I love that that kind of self-compassion and not compounding thing because yeah. I so related when you were like oh yeah I'm in, I'm in a good season let's just like do more stuff and then actually beat yourself up because I push myself too hard like I've got I've been through that myself with my own yeah. chronic illness and it's just it's it's not it doesn't help me it's just not helpful yeah yeah no and the fact is there are no like I don't know like you said even one even if I do notice a rhythm or a cycle it's not going to be the same from one season to the next time you have that so yeah absolutely and that kind of like attitude it's so deeply ingrained in um any I suppose, you know, I was going to diet culture, I was going to exercise culture, but in business culture and in the standard ways things are done, they, they, you know, but the motivation is for people to always blame themselves for things going wrong because then they look outside of themselves for answers. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you have that compassion, when you know that you will be there for yourself, no matter what, you also know that you can find the answer within yourself and, and to stay with yourself. And I think that is so key in, in any area of growth. So, so important and such a big, obviously, as you know, like a huge part of my business philosophy as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like given the kind of, cause I know that like your podcast, for example, is all about reframing chronic illness and like not necessarily, what's the word I don't know conforming to the way that everyone else talks about it or thinks about it or tries to treat it or heal it or whatever whatever words you use and I am I'm just curious about like what it takes for you to trust your own experience of chronic illness and chronic illness informed bringing that into your business in the face of so many people doing it so differently because I think this is the thing with radically embodying our own work in general it's like it takes a lot of self-trust and self-trust then add on like having a chronic illness and potentially losing some trust in your body or understanding of it as well it's quite yeah I'm just interested to hear a little bit more about your journey to leaning into really trusting what you have to say about it what you know about it Okay, so I think this goes back actually quite a few years. And I, um, before I was doing what I'm doing now, before I was a chronic illness coach, I had a fermented food and drink business. And this business came from discovering something that really helped um, my body, really helped my chronic illness. So fermented foods and, and gut health. And in the, I suppose, time that I started that business, like wellness, the wellness industry was like, booming and you had a lot of um wellness influencers I suppose you know you had quite pinnacle people who all seemed to kind of communicate a very similar message but also had a very similar look had a very similar Mm. um way of talking and um and then so there's that's one kind of thing then add to that the way that in probably again in like every industry in the world, but like in the wellness and health industry and and in the way that um, society and tradition, Western tradition approaches 
the body it's all about like segregation so um and you even get it within chronic illness you know some person will have one chronic illness another person will have another chronic illness and they think they have got nothing in common mm. but our bodies are all connected we are all connected like our experience is all connected but when I was running my fermented food and drink business the the way I thought I needed to approach it was to be really um, absolute about the way I spoke really um definite on on my ideas and why I was doing something and it was all about gut health and that was kind of the message that I was I was communicating but three years after running that business like I was probably the like the most burnt out ever I it was Christmas and after Christmas I literally just couldn't get up off the sofa and my skin my chronic illness was so it's the worst it's been since I went through something called topical steroid withdrawal. And I mean, that was like a decade later and, and yet I was doing all the right things, you know, according to the way, you know, I was the, the things I was seeing. So, you know, I was eating in the way I thought I should be eating. I was um, living in the way that, or I was trying to, you know, it was this like idea of like striving to always be better. And, um, and yet, at home behind behind closed doors I was really ill and so I was like peddling this message and yet being really ill but because there was this idea that I was always trying and never you know I was never enough so I was always trying to be enough I was always trying to be more I thought it's okay like but something inside of me it just didn't sit right and I hated the iller I got the more I felt like a fraud in what I was saying um and that kind of Christmas and that burnout period really provided me with the chance to reflect upon like how I was running this business. So in a really unchronic illness informed way, it was really, really taxing on my body and my stress levels, et cetera. It allowed me to, and I didn't have the language for this then, but I just knew it didn't feel right. Yeah. And my chronic illness was telling me time and time again, this isn't right. This way of life isn't right. The way that you're not living or speaking in an aligned way to what you truly, truly believe isn't right and so like all these symptoms I suppose were coming at me and I wasn't listening to to what they were trying to tell me um I'm just trying to remember your original question because I've definitely gone off on a bit of a tangent but it's a bit of a long story um it's so great it's so valuable but the question is about trusting your voice but also in in doing that I guess trusting what your chronic illness had to tell you yeah so I suppose in that there was a lot of like deconditioning and un- mm. unlearning about how I think I should be doing a thing and very um I suppose obviously like a lot of these wellness people had glowing skin and bright smiles and happy and happy outlook and I had bright red dry sore skin and like dead eyes because you do you know what I mean none of that vibrancy I didn't have yeah. any of that vibrancy and so I couldn't even be visible or show my face or um the way I took Instagram photos for example was so like it was all about the product and not really about me or I would always use photos from when um my skin was quote unquote good and and so that that it required so much like unlearning and removing myself from that that place and then since then, it's been a building of tuning into myself, into what I believe, into how I have understood that the way in which the wellness industry peddles this idea that, it, I mean, it, it angers me a bit because it's got this holistic cloak 
but underneath it's really so connected to kind of diet culture and to um like standard exercise fitness culture you know where we are never enough and where we have to fix ourselves and improve ourselves and fix our bodies but because it's got this really like as I say shiny kind cloak you can you can fall into it really easily so yeah I just had to like stop listening to all that stuff and that looked like taking an Instagram break it looked like unfollowing loads of people it looked like writing from my heart and not putting pressure on anything to put it out there Mm -hmm. and I suppose yeah over time of doing that the more I've tuned into my voice the more I've found my voice and have not been so afraid to say things that might cause and this is such a work in progress because even the way sometimes I write my podcast episodes you know I'll make sure I've written everything out so I don't say something wrong or I don't you know wrong it's like so that's a massive work in progress for me but just knowing that I needed to hear what I have to say and other people will need to hear what I have to say, you know, had someone been there kind of almost taking that stand for all those years that I was struggling to fix myself, Mm. maybe, you know, and I'm a big believer in like the journey has like led me to where I am today, but maybe it it could have been a bit more pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that knowing that. Yeah that I needed to hear what I ha- now have to say. Yes. And when you were te- saying about your journey, I was like, wow, just so many reasons to make you feel not good enough. Like what you said about the, what was it? The iller you got, the more you felt like a fraud. I mean, what yeah. pressure, what pressure to be right? putting in yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah. that compounding again, you know, there's just so many exactly. different areas that it like it can compound and, and all of that compounding is so detrimental to health. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a big mind, you know, head kind of mess type thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's really interesting. It, it just makes you think, right? Like you don't want to make your clients feel the way that you were feeling by right. giving them an unrealistic or, you know, just showing them the good bits. And yeah, it's, it, it, this is, I suppose, what is also included in like radically embodying your work is like also yeah. including the messiness of it and yeah. the, the crap times you know when it isn't you know no one is perfect no chronic illness is fully fully like predictable or like avoidable for having flares and all this so yeah it's it's just a really important reminder and I can relate to so much in terms of like how I um, developed my own you know way of working as a business coach and mentor like based Mm -hmm. on so much of the stuff that I went through when I first started out and pushing myself and putting like goals and money and everything above all else or thinking that I had to be a certain way to make it happen and it's just ultimately all that achieves is you you're failing because you cannot maybe you (laughs) You can can never get there right yeah, yeah it's just not sustainable um and yeah so I think that that is such an important part of the conversation and one thing I want to ask you about as well is like I know that you mentioned in when we were talking about what what we might discuss today you were saying about how you allow your chronic illness to guide you in making Mm. decisions in your business and your life and obviously you've spoken a bit about that already but 
how what does it look like to really connect with I guess like the wisdom uh, of your chronic illness in that way so this actually like perhaps touches on something you just said like no chronic illness is ever fully predictable or fully mm-hmm. um you can't kind of you know predict it and and I think that is true to an extent but also I think that is something that we are again told by whoever I don't know our GP is like oh you just won't know you just got to like live by in a really like reactive way Mm -hmm. um which is like really stress inducing but um actually you can a bit like you can learn to understand your menstrual cycle you can really learn to understand your chronic illness cycle and therefore over time you can build your life your business your friendships your relationships whatever in a way that is really supportive it's like it's a symbiotic relationship so your chronic illness can kind of support you in building a life that's actually really aligned and then your life can support your chronic illness in a way that it can over time become and I hate to say this because it's really like result thing you know it's still it's going back to this idea that the whole goal is to get rid of your chronic illness so that's not what I'm saying but your chronic illness can become much less active Mm -hmm. um but it can still guide you so in a kind of really practical way that looked like when I again was in a bit more of a winter of my chronic illness I um decided that a four-hour work day was what would suit me because I wanted to have time in my day to do my meditation my yoga to have my slow mornings to build my routine and planning has become something that's been so huge in that and I used to I used to really resist planning again because there was this idea that I couldn't plan my life because I've Mm. got a chronic illness and so whatever I planned I'd fail at because I'd have to cancel etc etc so it's just like self-perpetuating circle and um actually planning is something that can help help bring you out of that that kind of really reactive way of living um so yeah that started off with me working a four-hour work day and then um making sure I had all my lovely things in my day and so in my planner I kind of color code different things and um you know I might have like themes in there like connection or joy or um growth or health um or sleep or rest or whatever and making sure my planner's really like multicolored so that I've got all of those things in and it's not really heavy on the work or the or the kind of um yeah at times it has had to be really heavy on the downtime but knowing now that I don't need so much downtime I'm mindful that it's not too too over heavy on the downtime do you know what I mean so it's mm-hmm. um it's it's a real balance a, a movable balance you know and I think a balance point is always moving mm-hmm. and I think you already basically said that you there were times when in the past you were not listening to that stuff you were not planning in that way at all Um, how has it changed like for you to go through this process to actually because I think that that's how we learn something right by not just listening to what it's trying to tell us but then putting it into action in the way that you just described that's how we ultimately really learn it and it becomes more like second nature yeah Um, what was I going to ask you I think I've totally lost my train of thought so how have I learned yeah what how has it changed if at all, like your relationship with, I'm, I'm really curious about this whole question of like trusting your intuition and trusting your gut and trusting yourself. Do you think that listening to your chronic illness in this way, which is part of you, and then putting that into place in your life, has, has it changed your relationship with 
your intuition or self-trust in any way at all I suppose it's strengthened it because it's Mm. all part of the same thing for me like there's yeah I think I see what you're saying because there's like a cognitive very cognitive understanding of living in a chronic illness informed way but I only get that cognitive understanding by tuning into my intuition Mm. so it's it's kind of one in the same thing and they never in my experience they never argue like my intuition's never saying something that my chronic illness doesn't agree with do you know what I mean it's actually just telling me what I already know yeah and I think personally part of my journey has been to allow myself to listen to my body more you know like Mm. often it's like I'm very in my head or I can you know connect with my heart in my journal and stuff but listening to I I feel like there's another layer of it when you're listening to your body yeah um and sometimes when you're really in tune with your body you will literally get a, a bodily feeling sensation and that is actually telling you something really quite directly and for me it's been that has been a whole other layer of like Mm -hmm. learning to listen to my intuition and understanding what I really need um yeah and I just find it I find it a really in like but important I guess yeah I think to add to this whole conversation about intuition because obviously I talk about it a lot um in the context of business and life and 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 choosing strategies and coming up with ideas that feel good to you that are more sustainable but it's not fully, I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it's, we're getting the full picture unless we're also listening to our bodies. Totally, totally. And do you know, I've had a really um, (laughs) weaving kind of in and out journey with medication, for example. So Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned earlier, I went through something called topical steroid withdrawal. And after that, I I had a real issue with medication. I um, felt quite afraid of medication. Mm. And over, over the years, that's I've definitely, you know, that relationship has improved. However, I think there's a line where medication can be used to, to suppress symptoms so that they don't interrupt your day. Take a headache, for example, right? A headache is telling us something. It's not just, it's not just there to annoy us. And yet we can just pop a paracetamol and get on with our normal day. Whereas if we just take a minute to like, un- to listen to that headache and to say, oh, okay, I might need to drink more water. I might need to get more rest. I might need a nap right now. Um, I might just need to take some moments to breathe. I'm probably not breathing deeply enough. You know, there's so many different like things that that headache could be communicating to us. And yet it's it's um, normalized and to just, you know, pop a pill and get on, with the rest of your day and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking that yeah. medication but to listen to what it's trying to tell you first yes and then okay now I want to treat treat what's going on because you know I don't want this headache but I am going to take a nap as well or I am going to drink more water as well um and that's just a really really basic example um so I think we need to, we're so afraid of pain and discomfort but actually it's here to tell us something and there are techniques to help us embrace pain and discomfort and and Mm. you know and to get really into the nooks and crannies of it and understand it and feel it and let it tell us what it's there to tell us oh I love that so much I think that actually that example was so 
helpful that you, like yeah just just take a moment to listen to it there's nothing wrong with wanting to get rid of that headache you know right. if you can we have the modern technology that allows us to do that yeah um, but yeah listen to what it's there to tell us what's it what's it there to tell us and I think that such an important conversation in like the coaching industry where we talk about mindset and reframing and all of this stuff but actually I have found the more I've um gone into like learning about somatic practices and in coaching mm. and stuff like that that literally just if you're if it's safe for you to do so like being with the feeling in your body mm. really tuning into how it feels in your body it's it's amazing what can come up from that place and it's so simple but most of us um you know it, it is uncomfortable like you said yeah it, 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 it doesn't feel nice at first at least yeah. so we don't want to do it sometimes Right. And that safety, like that you mentioned there, it's that is such a, an important cue as well, because if we're not feeling safe to do that, then there's work to be done there. Yeah. And that's why, like, so, you know, my my I was going to say my offers, but my I've now got kind of one signature offer um, that goes alongside my one to one work. But so much of that is about building that level of inner safety and and going into if you're not if, if you're not feeling safe with feeling discomfort and pain there's a much wider thing in your life because discomfort and pain comes from us at all angles all the time not just within our bodies and so we need to be in a place where we feel safe to to work through that so important yeah um and something that you brought up when we were um talking about what we're going to talk about today was you posed a question and I feel like this question is basically it really sums up a lot of your philosophy of chronic illness and how you look at it but I also I want to pose it for the audience potentially to journal on um the question was if you look past all the rejection slash resentment that you might feel what is one part of your chronic illness that you can be thankful for and why so I'm just, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes for everyone and I'll just repeat it again. If you look past all the rejection slash resentment you might feel, what's one part of your chronic illness you can be thankful for and why? And it's a very, I don't know, it feels very um, relevant to me given that I've been dealing with chronic illness for a couple of years now and I've, I've found it hard to even like fully accept it because I don't know exactly what, what it is, you know, mm. and I... I actually submitted a question to your podcast <laughs> about waiting for diagnosis. So definitely go and listen to that because your answer was like so brilliant, so philosophical. Like, and it, it made me think very quite differently actually oh, about I'm it. So glad, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it even feels uncomfortable actually to ask myself that question. Like, how, how can I be thankful right. for it? Yeah. But I totally see that I can, and I think for me, this being forced upon me to have this greater connection with my body is yeah. very very important and I'm very thankful for that like my body is telling me something and yeah. um yeah I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful for then how it how it then will show up in the way that I work the way that I structure my life I think that 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 is really important and I just want to flip that question back at you like what's part of your chronic illness that you are thankful for and why I mean I'd say all of it but actually <laughs> um probably at the moment um it's been the journey it's taken me on to accept my 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 appearance and love my appearance mm. and I, I know that sounds really um superficial but for so long I looked 
in the mirror and I hated what I saw and I would you know all the horrible stuff would come into my head all the horrible language and Mm. um and but that that was never it was a bit but it wasn't really about my appearance at all it was about the love that I had for myself and through kind of going into it and then coming back out of it what it has taught me to do is to love myself no matter what and to love my parents no matter what and now I can look in the mirror and you know my body's changed a lot since I've um since my chronic illness has become less active and I've put on weight and I'm now no longer you know the shape that I've lived with for so many years and you know I look at that in the mirror and I can I can touch myself and I can hold my you know my tummy or my whatever and not be like you know what grab it and be like oh I wish that wasn't there but you know I grab it and I love it and I like play with it and it's just Mm -hmm. so different it's it's really it's like you know feeling yourself and touching yourself and loving yourself that you know my chronic illness has helped me with that so much oh I love that so much thank you for sharing that um I'm just going to ask you my random finishing question from my deck of cards which I warned you about beforehand (laughs) you did um just to finish off the episode what are some of the things at the top of your bucket list so I'm so glad you asked me this in advance because I usually get completely like stumped on these questions (laughs) I know Um, know. (laughs) but actually this is quite a a, an in-depth answer so when for so long again with the the idea behind chronic illness the status quo of chronic illness is that it's a struggle you're in survival mode and um when you're living in that survival mode, I call it the one day file. You put loads of stuff in the one day file. So you're like, I really want to do that. I'm never going to be able to do that. I'll put it in the one day file. And this one day file gets that really clogged up and like, you know, you, there's stuff in there that it becomes non-relevant and, you know, Mm. whatever. But I, that's kind of like survival mode. And then as you're coming out of the chronic illness struggle into what I call allyship, it's, um, you get to live your life. And so that's like living mode and then that, or the living phase of that cycle. Um, and it's really great. And, and it's, it feels really alive and oxygenated and brilliant, but also within that living mode, you get to start dreaming about like how you're going to thrive, I suppose. So like you get to start dreaming about your bucket list and you get to start like thinking, Oh, I can actually do that. And I, I can actually, not that you could, couldn't do it, at what you know however your chronic illness is but very much the energy behind how you're living so in the struggle or an allyship like you get to start actually planning this stuff out in a really chronic illness informed way so something I read in a book probably about 15 years ago it was like a um an adventure book and there was this trip that you could do where it was in Norway and you'd swim in the fjords every day and then you'd stop off in a in a hut or in a whatever lodge type thing and someone a local would cook you like a a traditional hearty home-cooked meal and then the next day you'd swim to the next lodge and it was like a a thing and I've always wanted to do that and all the time that I was living in the chronic illness struggle it was just a pipe dream it was never going to happen but um in the past year and a half I've been swimming in lakes again I chose lakes because I can't swim in chlorine because it just Mm. buggers my skin up and um so I found a chronic illness informed way of swimming, but in that I'm, I'm building up to the idea that I want to go on this trip. So I'm, I'm getting my distances longer. Cause I think like the minimum distance you can swim 
I want to say 5k but that's quite a lot so I don't know but I just want to go on this trip basically I don't even know if it's still running but I'm going to find it you know and start planning my way towards that that looks like putting in my planner how I'm gonna you know when I'm gonna book it how I'm gonna you know save for it etc etc so that's my that's my bucket list it seems quite like there are probably other things on there but I'd say that's the that's the biggest thing I love that and I love how very well it ties into the whole conversation as well (laughs) yeah just just also highlighting what's possible has changed for you and like how how I hopefully yeah inspiring that will be to other people and and whatever it is like you know it's a very specific thing that you've got there on your bucket list but that's what matters to you like yeah that's so totally. cool. I love it thank you well thank you so much for this conversation oh, I think it's going to be you. really helpful and um yeah and just ask posing that question how can we run our businesses and live our lives in a more chronic illness informed way I think yeah such a helpful question for people thank you oh. And if you want to find out more about Alana and her work, you can find her on Instagram at Alana Holloway underscore. You can listen to her podcast, Reframing Chronic Illness, or visit her website, alanaholloway.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Quietly Ambitious. If you have a moment to rate and review, know that it really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation, then you can connect with me on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite join me in the Facebook group or my personal favorite, sign up to my newsletter, Letters to Quietly Ambitious Humans. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe and keep doing what you're doing because your work really does matter.